Nazir Perik Tes, Mishnah Gimel 9.3. Because the previous Mishnah had employed the term Raglaim Ladavar, that there is a basis for the matter, that was in the context over there. So this Mishnah and the following Mishnah talks about other topics that are really nothing to do with Naziris, Nazir, where um, we say because there's Raglaim Ladavar, there's a basis for the matter, we rule. Uh, regarding some uncertain situation, based on its its presumption, its regulamos over what the what the I'll call it the facts, the circumstantial facts suggest is the case. So, the first case here, Mishnah Gimel is talking about if one discovers an unmarked grave, a person's been buried in the ground here, and um, what to do about it. So the general rule is that if a person finds an unmarked grave and it's a one-off, um, even if it's a Jew. Uh, if we just found it one-off, so we assume that this wasn't intended to be their permanent burial spot, and therefore we're allowed to relocate that corpse, the 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 the, the skeleton, really. Um, in the event that um, we have reason to believe that this was intended to be its permanent burial place, one may not relocate the corpse. Instead, um, just as like a marker put on top using SID, like plaster, to demark where the the corpse lies so that people can avoid becoming tummy, and you have to leave it as is. So the question is, how do we know if this person we find buried here, this corpse, was here to be left and buried with the intention of being left forever, um, or if it was intended to be be a temporary burial? Now just understand that in the time of the Mishnah, it was commonplace that a person would have two burials. He would be buried once, um, and then left to decompose for a year, and then would be re- um, buried. The, bo- the body, the bones would be exhumed out the ground and then um, reinterred in a secondary burial um, in like part of a crypt, part of like a burial chamber um, where typically people have their, like I'll call it their families or extended families, um, use as their, you know, their, their burial chamber, their family burial chamber. So that being the case, um, if you find just a one-off grave and no one knew that someone was buried here before, so then... Uh, we'll assume this wasn't intended to be a permanent burial. Okay? So the Mishnah says inside, If a person discovers a new skeleton in the ground, a corpse buried, and no one knew there was anyone buried here before. Even if it's Mushkov Kedarko, even if it's lying buried in the way that a Jew is typically buried, uh, meaning um, if the corpse had been found like with a, you know, a sword in its heart, so then obviously that wasn't intended for permanent burial. Um, but even if it was buried in a way that looks like it was buried, but let's say, for example, um, it was lying in a way that's not the customary way by which one buries a Jew. Say, for example, um, the, the Yushalmi says the way that Jews were typically buried um, was like lying down with their legs straight, um, with one lies, with one's hands over his heart. Uh, nowadays, the custom is the hands go beside the body, but the point is lying down like that. So then that would suggest it's it's a very possibly, probably a Jew. Um, as opposed to, let's say, for example, if the corpse had been, let's say, in fetal position, lying on its side, or had it between its legs or something like that, so then that would suggest it was the Jew anyways, and then it for sure could be um, relocated. But here we have a Jew assumed to have not been um, one-off burial, which very likely wasn't, or tended to be the permanent place of burial. Because even though it's Mushkov Kadarko, it's lying as it normally a Jew is buried. So then, note low, the Estvusaso. The Lach is one may relocate the body, taking it and Tvusaso, the ground beneath it. 
there's no the exact etymology of that word is, is not perfectly clear there are a couple opinions um, but whatever it is the meaning is that all the earth beneath the skeleton or corpse as well as um, three fingers um, of depth of what appears to be like kind of virgin soil that was never buried, not, never dug into before, and that should also be exhumed with the body and reburied because the concern is that um, the body has certain um, liquids that will come out of it, blood and other things. We saw Netzel not long ago um, in the Masechta. So these things that can come out of the body also are part of the body and should be buried with it. There are two approaches to the rationale for this requirement. One is, um, it's a dinder, a bun, or a binner requirement because of kavod hames for the sake of the dignity of the deceased, and that he should be buried with all of his parts, if you will, and etc. And the other approach is that it's an issue of, of tahara, that since um, we said netzel and so on could be a source of toma, so therefore uh, we want to make sure that anything that could be a source of toma is removed at the same time. As far as the etymology of Tvus uh, so so um, assuming it's the gears we have in front of us with the Samach, so then um, the most likely explanation is, like the Pesha Rambam, is that it's from the word, like, misposeses bedamaich, the verse in Yechezkel, talking about us, like, wallowing in our blood. So it's coming from there. Okay, there are other Gersos and other explanations. Now, at that point we said, since there's one corpse being found, we are assuming that it's a, a one-off. Matzah if you find two corpses, so then notlin, excuse me, notlan vestfusasan. The halach is you take both of them and the ground beneath them, and yes, again, may relocate them, because two doesn't establish that we're talking about a larger, um, you know, burial area. But matzah shlosha, once three separate skeletons have been discovered, so now we need to decide whether this is really part of a larger complex where people have been buried or not. So because the way in which Jews during the Second Temple period, during the Mishnah period, buried their dead, um, it was very consistent and predictable. Um, because we're doing a recording here, I can't really show you pictures. Um, it'd be helpful if you see one inside of Mishnayas. But I can confirm that the pictures you see in the Mishnayas books as diagrams um, really conform to what I've seen all over the country in numerous places of burial crypts where the bodies really are... Um, structured such you have essentially a central cave and then little kuchen, little slots in the walls, really just like um, two or three elements apart, one to the next, and you have three on each side, like on like a on a side of, let's say, you know, six almost, you'd have three of them, and if it's four almost, you'd have two of them, and um, they're really very consistently and neatly laid out. So the point here of our Mishnah is you can start now determining, based on sort of a simple geometry, you know, Pythagorean theorem and so on, um, how many burial, how many kuchen, how many how many slots there should be in a given area, meaning how close together um, these different skeletons would be to suggest they're buried as part of a larger complex as opposed to just sort of lying around, um, you know, willy-nilly. So the Mishnah here says, Im yesh bein if the distance between this one and that one, meaning the first one and the third one, the two that are farthest apart, is between four and eight amos in distance. So I don't want to go through the math and the numbers. So just, we'll get bogged down by it. But if they're between four and eight amos apart, so then that confirms that we're talking about a larger burial area, literally like a, na- a neighborhood for graves. But the point is, it's been a larger 
um, burial area, in which case there are probably or very possibly lots of graves there, but more importantly, we can confirm that these particular graves, um, these particular bodies were buried with the intention of them being permanently buried without being relocated, and therefore one can't relocate them. So we have to do two things. We have to identify um, what other bodies may have been buried over here, and also and to mark them off, um, and also to confirm um, that these particular ones can't be moved, that you marked as they are. So therefore the mission is, and people will walk around them. So the mission here says, Bodek heimenu ulahalan esrim ama. You have to search now in the opposite directions from where you found the, these initial bodies, like moving, radiating outwards. Esrim ama, 20 almost in all directions, roughly 10 meters. Um, call it, I don't know, 30 feet, something like that. Um, to check if there are more um, skeletons that have been buried in the area. So we'll mark off the larger area. And uh, if you indeed find another skeleton, even 20 almost away, so then you have to keep on searching, radiating further and further out, another 20 almost in each direction, to find out where all of these um, bodies have been buried, to mark off the whole area as one large, um, like, you know, burial area. Because now we have a basis for the matter. And that phrase, Reglan Ladavar, is why um, we mentioned this Mishnah here in, in Nazir, because of the previous Mishnah, used it also. Meaning, if we had found just one skeleton all by itself, not lova estuvusaso, the rule would have been, you can just take it and relocate it along with the ground beneath it. But now that we have multiple, three different skeletons that have been discovered, so now we have a basis to believe these aren't just ad hoc um, burials that were temporary, but rather this is part of a permanent burial area, and therefore none of them can be removed. The whole area must just be marked off where the graves are, and um, and left to be as they are.